Hi everyone, welcome to The Loop Podcast, uh, the podcast that makes sure B2B buyers stay in the loop with what works today when it comes to marketing and to the modern buyer. Um, so today uh, we have um, a very special guest, a guest that we uh, know very well here at Cognizant. So I'm sure many of you listening already know who Gatano is and because uh, he's hosted a few of our podcasts already and, and done lots of activity and, and marketing with us. Um, but uh, still, I think it would be great, Katano, if you could uh, give us a little bit of uh, background and info on you and how you ended up becoming an expert in SEO. And I suppose in, in my mind, like a, a real expert in, in demand capture as well and, um, and all things uh, around that in marketing. All right. Thanks, Liam. So very quick story on this is um, I was a struggling musician in New York City and um, I was producing uh, music for um, all kinds of genres and styles. And I worked my way up to a point where I was producing with some pretty big name rappers and, and artists. Like I got to work with Shaggy and Fat Joe. Those were some of my, you know, big moments. But, you know, I realized that I hated the fact that I had to keep pushing my music outbound, like to get people to pay attention to me. I always had to be like promoting my stuff, check me out. It was very outbound focused and I kind of hated it because I always felt cringe, you know, like figuring out the nice balance of trying to get people to acknowledge your art without being so pushy and promotionally or whatever you want to call it is uh, not a great feeling. But I, in the meantime, I was blogging about my experiences in the music business and people were finding my stuff. And I didn't, re and this is in 2011, so, you know, a while ago, but, um, you know, I realized like, wow, how are all these random comments showing up on my blog? I'm not promoting this. I'm just writing about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sharing it on, on, you know, social media, but unless it's getting thousands and thousands and thousands of reshares, this, you know, this doesn't make sense. And then I started realizing that, wow, this is Google. This is SEO. And, and, and I, I, you know, people are searching for, all the things that I write about and my articles are naturally ranking because they're the most interesting, comprehensive materials on these subjects, you know? So at the time, nobody was writing about how to get a meeting at Atlantic records or all those kinds of things pertaining to the music business that people want to know about. So I became obsessed with SEO at that point. I realized that there's something huge here. Uh, this is, I was fascinated with the idea of just creating content and people finding it and not having to promote it. So that was the motivation. And, um, you know, I installed Google search console, even on my YouTube channel, I installed analytics and, you know, I started thinking about all these ways of how I can really just become like a wizard and an SEO really to try and, you know, bolster my position in music. But then I realized that, um, I wanted to become more than just like an amateur level. I wanted to become pro because I knew that this is the future. I could feel it. I knew right away that this is like something that I have to do. And so I just started reaching out to um, agencies and startups in New York. And I said, hey, you know, I don't have any formal training, but you know, I have a blog and uh, I've demonstrated some level of, uh, you know, proficiency in this. And will you take a shot on an unproven scrubby marketer from the Bronx? And one agency guy, uh, his name is Michael King, he, he decided to take a shot on me. I was the second person hired at his company. And, um, you know, I was there for like two years. And that's how I be, really became like deeply immersed into like 
technical SEO, content audits, content strategy, keyword research. Like I, he just threw me in because he, he had all these big name clients. He, he's more of a celebrity in the SEO space. Um, so he, he threw me into the deep end. I, I learned my skills at a very advanced level. And then from there, I bounced around at various software companies and I, I started to get good at paid search as well because a natural progression from SEO is paid search. So I, I really uh, loved all things demand capture uh, as I was early in my career. And I, I loved the idea of, you know, just creating great content and having people find it. Then I, I you know, basically applied my knowledge of um, understanding search intent to paid search and, and, and running that. And that was it, man. That's kind of how it all began. And, uh, you know, fast forward 10, 11 years later, here I am. So I never thought it would become this, but that's how it happened. That's awesome. I absolutely love that story. I really didn't. Any story, any origin story in SEA that starts with Shaggy and Fat Joe, like, <laughs> I'm absolutely here for. Like, I love that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, uh, I didn't expect that at all. But, um, and I, I need to know now, has it, did it help with like your music career, like being getting good at, at the marketing side of it as well? You know, it didn't help that much. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it didn't help that much because um, if, if you think about it, music SEO is all branded, mm. you know, like unless you put yourself on these like, you know, best new hip hop beat playlists and stuff, right? There's the whole list game. Um, there's not much to it. You, you got to get people. It's actually you have to create demand. Mm. <laughs> you saw, you right. see what I mean? So, so like if you're a new rapper, you got to create demand for yourself. How do you do that? Events, opening up for bigger artists, always being in the mix, outbound advertising, PR, content, collaborations, constant social media effort, right? I don't really like social media marketing too much. So mm. immediately there's like a clash there between what you have to do to be successful as a music producer and, and the channels required to make that happen. So, mm -hmm. so, um, I mean, of course there's the, the, the type beats play. So if you go into YouTube and you search Kanye West type beats, Jay-Z type beats, um, any rapper plus type beats, Drake type beats, you're going to see all these producers trying to game the YouTube SEO, right? So there's, there's that component of it, which is primarily done for lead gen, but, um, no, getting good at SEO did not help my, uh, career as a music producer whatsoever. And uh, so I, I realized that, wow, now I'm learning these great skills. I should probably go apply this to places where I can earn good money, such as mm -hmm. software. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I just realized also that the way the music business is going, it's a real scummy world. You know, a lot of unprofessional people, um, a lot of just like contract problems, you know, people trying to sneak things in, right? It's just like hard, it's hard to monetize that, that world. And I just realized it's not a world that I really want to be in, you know, full-time as a professional. There's just too much, too, too much unprofessionalism in that, in that, um, in that category. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I get it. And I love that actually in that story as well, it's like the perfect then analogy for, the difference between create demand and capture and what you use those channels for like a hundred percent you're not gonna yeah other than searching for type you're not gonna like of artists you're not gonna know who an artist is unless they create that demand for themselves like and then there's nothing to capture otherwise. exactly dude I, I was on demand create versus demand capture before anyone 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I was on this like ten years ago. Yeah, we we've got we've literally got the AG here. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, I've, uh, I've I've taken it sideways, but you you're too interesting. So um, <laughs> it's, it's not my fault. Uh, but so to get back to I suppose us and Cognizant and and how we've worked together. Um, so recently, you've obviously helped us to switch up our SEO strategy over the course of like the last six months, really working on it since like January. Um, and we've been obviously implementing your what you've called like the money keyword strategy, um, which uh, has been like great fun to, to learn about. And also, I think we're really starting to see success of it. Um, but um, could you start tell our listeners a little bit about the theory around the strategy? Um, and also how it like differs to what SEO uh, tactics are deployed um, traditionally and, and, yeah, and what's like the difference between those sort of tactics and, and many keywords uh, strategy. All right. I'll try and keep this punchy because, you know, this can become a big answer. But very long story short, it's, you know, mar- marketers, we have keyword research tools. And keyword research tools can cloud our judgment. Um, the default behavior, especially for an inexperienced marketer, is to chase search volume. It's just very tempting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you, you see a piece of chocolate and you're on a diet. Well, I still want that chocolate. It's the same kind of thing. You see that search volume and you're like, wow, I want that. <laughs> but the reality is that usually that big volume thing is very loosely related to what it is that you do. So classic example for Cognizant is the the complete guide to demand generation. Okay, demand generation, yes, this is what I would consider to be audience development SEO or audience building SEO, okay? It's, it, it works, it's a, it's a great topic for the audience, uh, it's relevant and it's related to what Cognizant does, but in the huge vast world of demand generation, what little slice of that pie is contact data and data enrichment? It's like so slim, right? So you can mention it, you can mention it sparingly or throughout. You could sprinkle it in, but it's not going to be the thing that makes people say, wow, I need to sign up for Cognizant, right? So, so, so the shift away from traffic chasing or audience development SEO, which is very tempting for most marketers to just cut most of that out and say, all right, well, if I really have to just think about who's in market now and what would they be searching for? It's not demand generation, best practices, (laughs) you know? Uh, And the other thing is um, competition levels on those big, broad guides are very tough. If you were to search anything related to demand generation now, Oh, you'll, you'll see even the number one position right now is Amazon. Even Amazon wrote a guide to demand gen. How wild is that? So you got Amazon, you've got HubSpot, you've got all the usual suspects, right? So you're, you're fighting, right? Um, it's not really where you want to be. Go to the long tail, high business impact queries that, um, are much, much more closely related to the problem that gets solved by Cognizant products and services. That's the idea. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was definitely raised, I think, on this, like, as I started out as a marketer, it's like these trying to get as many low difficulty, high traffic uh, search terms that we could vaguely sort of like might be interesting or vaguely relate back and put all of our focus there. And so we could actually achieve like obviously a good rank for, for each of those, um, like each of those keywords, um, but not really, I suppose, focusing whatsoever then on anything about the quality of that traffic that would be brought to the website uh, or like to be brought in. And if, you know, something was, you know, high, a high quality like search, but like, um, and high with high intent, but with, uh, but too difficult, we'd probably just ignore it and focus on something else. But actually I think it goes back to the exact same like mindset of, of traffic and like also like, like this whole idea of like lead gen is that you just kind of like did these things get leads get traffic but actually if you really just think about it like it made it made no business sense at all like we, why would we want that traffic just because it was easy to obtain uh in comparison to actually spending time trying to obtain traffic that's actually going to be valuable to us um because there's intent behind the search uh, yeah absolutely and and you know <clears throat> there's actually a direct comparison that can be made from this scenario to sales what is the sales equivalent of this problem? Well, it's spraying and reaching with automation to try and reach as many possible stakeholders and, and prospects as you can mm-hmm. versus let's go targeted. Let's go account-based. Let All we care about are these profiles, right? Like that kind of thing. Um, if you think about selling to the C-suite, it, you know, this approach is kind of like that. In the manner that you would go and try and get the attention and break into a C-suite buyer is very, very, very carefully planned out. It's the same way you approach money keywords. If you want to rank for a keyword that can capture demand and reach in-market solution-seeking people, you're not going to get that traffic by accident. It's not just mm-hmm. going to happen. You You have to craft and engineer the perfect page you have to do the research there's a lot of steps that are involved in creating a page that actually wins that that high value you know in demand for a for a solution uh Mm -hmm. traffic so so it's the same kind of concept yeah high effort for high reward and yeah high effort for high reward yeah 100 percent. so um on that i suppose who would you say like uh, this like strategy would be for and like can any company go and implement it or do you would you say there has to be some seo basics that they have in place um to begin with i suppose some actually i got this pushback actually when we were at winter um uh, and uh i and i spoke about obviously this strategy briefly there and uh, uh someone said to me you know oh it's great that you're you're targeting like these high intent keywords and you're putting all your effort into them, but actually, but then you're missing building up this, like building up like the strength of, uh, of your website and your domain rating and that stuff by doing, you know, like longer tail, more um, like demand creation of like obscure keywords, I suppose, that will bring in traffic for other reasons. So does that need to be in place beforehand? Or would you say, no, you know, this, this is like how you should be treating like search uh, engine-based marketing. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I think it's a really fair question. Um, all right, so if 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 you think of, yeah, I'm going to go back to ABM for a moment, the inverted funnel, or you know, the upside down pyramid. You, I think every business should start with bottom of the funnel content. Uh, if you have just a bunch of top of funnel content, you really have nothing to push them to, mm -hmm. uh, other than product uh, and maybe pricing page, right? So you need things to interlink and you need, to, if I think about um, the upside down funnel, you need to build the foundation with all the demand capture stuff first. Um, now the reality is, uh, let's just say you're like a, a, a underdog, scrappy fighting back brand against some giants and you don't have that level of domain strength. Well, um, there's ways to work around that. Like you can go for the, like the extreme long tail and still, and still beat most of those big sites by being very, very precise and very, very targeted. And so, yes, I think this, this play can work for anybody who prioritizes it and focuses on the right mechanics to make it happen. But, um, the only kinds of companies I would say, uh, are not well suited for this are the kinds of companies that don't have any demand to be captured such as I think winter is a, is a possible example of that. No one really searches yet for message testing. Or, I mean, maybe I haven't done the, you know, the keyword evaluation, but you know, it's an emerging category. It's an emerging thing. Go back to the musician example. Uh, there's no demand to be captured. I, 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 took a, I took a call maybe a year ago with a prospect who wanted to hire me for SEO services. And I had to look at the guy's site and I'm like, oh man, I, I don't think there's any demand to be captured here, but let me just feel him out. You know, let me, let me have a chat. And I'm like, all right, so explain to me what this is. And he's like, well, it's, um, you know how salespeople do outreach videos? I'm like, yeah. Well, what we do is deep fake AI videos for salespeople who do outreach. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. So let me get this straight. What you want me to do then is actually something that I would consider to be called intent redirection, right? You want me to try and rank for like sales videos, but then intent redirect to a new way of doing it through AI deep fake video for sales. It's, it's, a, it's really stretching and reaching pretty far. You know, it's a, it's a real, you know, a lot of dominoes need to fall into place in order to make this beautiful chain reaction of events work, right? It, I just told the guy, look, man, I think you're just stretching and reaching way too far. You know, let's let's reel it in here and, and get get practical. <laughs> you know, uh, this is just not the way to do it. You have to go create demand. I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to capture any demand for this. And he was like, wow, I appreciate the honesty. I'm like, yeah, I mean well, I don't want to be spinning my wheels here either, so. Yeah, and I suppose actually really though, before you would initiate any strategy like that, you would you'd really learn that this was an appropriate for you in that research stage anyway, where you'd you'd go out and look and see what, what you know, what people are looking for. Are they even, is there any demand to capture? Uh, and at that point, like you'd know like, oh, well, I'm not gonna go spend all my time going after people searching for, you know, <laughs> deep fake <laughs> AI sales tools and there's like one person doing it and it's just- Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now look, there's another argument to be made that says, all right, well, we're gonna build that category out. We're gonna grow this term and we wanna get ahead of it 
before the mobs and the masses start copying us and also trying to get that traffic. So we can be number one far before it becomes popular. And then we'll make it popular and we'll just be there to, you know, catch all the shrimp, (laughs) you know? So I think there are some examples of companies who did that. I think Gong definitely did it. I think Drift probably did it. Um, I think Gainsight definitely did it with uh, customer success. There's many examples of that, but they're rare for the most part. There's a sweet spot in SEO. I think Cognizm kind of falls into it, although it's it's. I, I think the, the world that Cognizm is in now has gotten more competitive in recent years. But what you want to look for is like where on the adoption curve is the SEO potential. So really bad CRM. Stay like, forget it. Too, too, too mature, too saturated. Oh, the, the, the curve is gone. Um, AI sales deep fake robot videos are all the way over here. <laughs> you know, that, that's the complete opposite end, end of the spectrum. But what's something that's in that kind of sweet zone that's like not super difficult, saturated yet, but it's a known thing. People are after it. Uh, ideally, high upside. Like that is the sweet spot for SEO. And I love when I get projects like that because I'm like, yes, this is ex- the conditions are right. So there's this sort of like, you, you need to look at market settings as well because you don't want to be spinning your wheels in a commodity, but you don't want to be wasting your time with AI deep fake robot sales videos. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think you're right. We probably do fit into that bit of that sweet spot at the moment where there's enough demand, but it's not like, like you said, like CRM, that's just like everyone's going after it. Uh, and there's, there's that category is like full to the brim. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That that's, that's flooded that category. Like CRM and marketing automation are like the worst categories to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so if you're going out to like set up, um, and start a money keyword strategy, um, what sort of research that would someone have to do, um, into their customer and um, how would you go about selecting, I suppose, those keywords that are of like high intent, uh, and like, what's the, what's like the structure, I suppose you'd go for, you'd go for it with, um, Sure, sure, sure. Well, there's so many places to start that it can actually be overwhelming. Um, you have a couple of different like treasure troves of information, I would say. One is your sales call recordings and sales call transcripts. The other is um, if you're at a bigger company, there, there are teams just doing nonstop customer research and they'll just feed you insights. Um, the other place is actually just talking to sales. Like sometimes they'll tell you things that you may not hear on a call or maybe very hard to pinpoint on a call. Uh, your customer support team, they may tell you things that you may not hear on calls or are very difficult to dig out like a needle in a haystack on some of those call transcripts. Most companies right now are using Drift or something like it, like an intercom, some kind of bot. Those web interactions that capture chat logs and transcripts, there's a gold mine of information in there. Um, and then, of course, good old keyword research tools. Um, I'm a fan of, of YouTube auto-suggest and the people also ask box. I think those have always been tried and true, great places to like just dig a hole. 
Um, like if you click and unclick and click and unclick that people also ask and the accordion opens like 80 times, you're going to have, whoa, like all sorts of long tail ideas in there. Um, and I mean, those are really, those are really the places to start. Even sometimes talking to the executives. Uh, I, I do that as much as I can as well. Like, Hey, president of the company, what do you think an executive level person cares about? Or what, what do you think, uh, you know, our enterprise buyer cares about right now? channel partners and resellers. They know a lot of things. They're in the trenches too. So you can you can glean knowledge from all these people doing all kinds of different things and apply that to, to SEO. And really, um, you know, it's endless. It's, it's an endless waterfall of uh, opportunity out there if you know where to look. So by default, I think most people go to the keyword research tools and you can definitely get clever and figure out how to use those to your advantage. But like I said, there's there's an endless amount of uh, information out there you can use. Yeah, awesome. And um, I suppose when having implemented this strategy, um, we know that now I think there's a good understanding amongst us and in the team that it actually goes sort of beyond the the SEO element. And there's actually this whole, I suppose, mindset to um, capturing and uh, converting, um, yeah, cap- capturing and converting that demand. So. How else would well, how else could you implement this like across pages and like into our and into our wider strategy? Like what where else do you see like money keywords or in its like uh principles come into come into play? Well, I think you apply those principles for sure to paid search. Like paid search is a demand capture only channel. You know, you're only trying to market to in in solution seeking mode people. Um, you'd be shocked at how many Google ads accounts I've audited and found, you know, traffic to top of funnel gated white paper pages, you're just wasting money. Right. So, um, paid search is definitely one affiliate marketing is also key. So this is a underrated play, but, um, if you were to search, you know, best X, whatever, um, top X, whatever, what are the best solutions in XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you're going to see your G2s and Capteras and so forth, but you're going to start seeing a lot of other players now. A bunch of like homegrown aggregator sites that are just doing lists and comparisons and teardowns. And you can actually bid through affiliate programs. Like there's many of them out there, but a lot of these sites use things like Commission Junction, as an example, to create these cost per click models where they rank for high intent traffic, that's pure demand capture, and you can reach out to them and broker deals where you say, hey, um, I'll pay you this cost per click fee if you place me here. So you, you're basically paying to, to play and you are um, deciding how and where to bid on those uh, key pages. And so money keywords cannot just be applied to SEO, uh, paid search, but also affiliate. So it's very powerful when you have all three of those working together. So you imagine a listing for, you know, top B2B data providers in the U S you have a paid ad for Cognizant, you have the organic listing, and then you have some affiliate site where you're well represented. Then you have some other review site on the same listing where it's talking positively about Cognizant. Then you have G2 where you have a lot of reviews and ratings. Then you have Captera where you have, you know, now all of a sudden you're on five, six different listings in the same SERP. You're everywhere. 
It's, so someone going through that solution narrowing is like, man, I just keep seeing Cognizant. Or man, I just keep seeing that brand. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of like what gets repeated gets remembered and what gets remembered gets done. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's how you connect the dots from money keywords to surround sound marketing and just, you know, implant the brand inside someone's head when they're going through these motions at that very critical time. You know, it makes a difference. It makes a mm-hmm. difference from being seen once to being seen eight times. You tell me what's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like you're giving the impression that you're everywhere, but you're just everywhere there looking. So it's like that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So if someone wants to go and implement money keywords um, now, uh, what like and let's maybe assume that they've been running an older style SEO play. What sort of like uh, like results would would you would you expect them to see? Um, maybe some of the immediate benefits too, and then I suppose how would they measure it going forward so they they can report back and say, okay, this is actually working, this is a success. And what would they maybe have to maybe ignore and like maybe like different training uh, in terms of how they look at results that may would otherwise put them off? Okay, cool. So the reality is um, SEO is one of those channels where in B2B particularly, you don't get a lot of last touch attribution conversions. So meaning they don't do a Google search, land on a page and buy some software. Okay. It can happen, but it's not the thing that happens most often. What happens most often is they do a bunch of searches. They probably land on your page once, twice, a couple of times and, and related pages. Um, then where they end up converting is very likely on the homepage or pricing page or some particular product page on the site. Now those pages did not capture the demand because they, they were, um, found during those critical moments, but that's just the default place where people go to check out. You know, it's like the e-commerce, you know, checkout cart page, right? Um, And so therefore you have a immediate disconnect in tracking and measurement of performance. So there's two ways to work around that. One, first of all, is to pay attention to the leading indicators, which means are we ranking, getting clicks and traffic for these queries? Now, who knows what that's going to look like once the search generative experience rolls out, you know, the AI experience rolls out fully. I think queries may be obliterated. I don't know. So query, query reporting and rankings may be out the window. UTM is maybe, maybe getting stripped out of all, uh, devices and browser tracking. So even that can be gone someday. So campaign tracking may be effed, but assuming that it's not, um, leading indicators, rankings, clicks, traffic to those specific pages from search. That's, that's one part of the equation. You're not going to be getting anything unless that's happening. And I know some companies that just say, look, all we care about is that we know that if we're ranking for best B2B data providers, good things are going to happen. I don't, I don't really need to worry too much about it. Um, but some companies want to, you know, drill into it and track. Um, and the reality is the only way you can really figure that out 
is by looking at something called an assisted conversions report. Meaning, in a certain duration of time, and you decide what that time frame is, depending on your sales cycles and all that, was this page consumed or visited on the way to becoming a web conversion? So was this on the conversion path? Right. So you need to reverse engineer within a certain you know window of days. Some companies have it sits at 30, others 60, others whatever. But was this page consumed? And if yes, how many times? And if yes, was it the first touch? Which is typically a very good sign. Um, if they found your brand for the first time through one of your money capture pages, then yeah, then it's definitely doing its job. Um, the reality is a big company like Cognizant, who has a well-known brand, yeah, they probably already checked out your homepage or something. So maybe it wasn't first touch. But anyway, that's the way you would go about it. Um, I know it's complicated, but the idea is that the most important part is that leading indicator side. Without that, you have nothing. So yeah. that's that's kind of my little little rant on that. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we went out and, and created the like that assisted conversion report as well, which you can obviously do easy enough in like uh, in Google Analytics and, and build up that like and decide on that session window. Um, but also, then we've got started using Hockey Stack as well, so that we can um, view it in another way as well. Wow. So, now let let me ask you about Hockey Stack. Did, did it was it a game changer? Did it blow your mind and say, "Whoa!" Like how, how illuminating was it? Yeah, I mean, for for SEO, like for the money keyword strategy, actually, we're doing some work at the moment to build it out to be um, correct because um, some of the filters, like to get to apply the filters correctly, to be able to get like accurate um, pipeline um, from from it uh i think we've got right we haven't got quite right at the moment but i mean it is awesome in other sense and when we i think once we've got that created we'll be able to literally see where we can credit some uh some of our like deals one and pipeline to those um keyword pages so i think yeah i, th I think it's going to be yeah great insight to all of it and like we'll be where i think that'll be where the bulk of our conversion reporting that it comes from so I'll, I'll definitely share it with you once i'm confident in it <laughs> all right all right i'm looking forward to that um so if someone is listening to this podcast and they're like okay damn i'm in this seo sweet spot i need to go away and ex execute this strategy now um because i haven't been doing it right what what advice would you give to them just before they start Oh man. Um, <laughs> well, the, the thing that I would recommend the most is, um, I think drawing a very clear line in the sand on, on what does high business impact actually mean? Like how, how close can you, can you draw the connection from the keyword to the mindset of a potential buyer? I think, I think nailing that is probably the most important place to start because if you, and this is why I'm very against the, the classic ADA model, like awareness, interest. Yeah. Because what does that all mean? Everybody has different interpretations of it and it's, it's not very like clearly, uh, well-defined in my, in my view. Um, and so a better way to think about it is like, um, all right. Well, if, if, if we think, uh, searchers are solution seeking and in market, what is something that definitely aligns to that? So typically that means 
there are commercial intent modifiers attached to that keyword, such as software, solution, system, service, provider, platform, all those kinds of keyword modifiers typically mean that it's strong commercial buying intent. You can even, you know, cross check with your Google ads or, or paid ads programs to, to really verify what's hitting and what's not. Right. So, so that, that's probably the first place to start is, is mapping out um, what truly is high intent, then drawing a line in the sand on what's medium and low, and then just focusing on high and, and using the, the commercial keyword modifiers is a pretty, pretty good like rule of thumb to, to stick to when you, when you want to like slice and dice it. Awesome. And then finally, cause I know we're almost at time and we could just talk forever. So, um, uh, for the closing question, uh, something we love to ask all our guests, um, on the podcast is, um, is there anything you tell marketers to stop, uh, to start doing? stop doing and also continue doing based on uh, the current uh, landscape and it can be seo related or not so all right start doing um i'm gonna say i hope i don't get crushed for saying this but links now matter so much more than they ever have in my view because of the potential rollouts that are going to be happening in search so um, you used to be able to just kind of uh, hack your way to like a top result if you had like a really powerful brand or domain. But um, now I think, I, I think also um, volume of links don't matter as much anymore and getting contextual links in the same neighborhoods, digital neighborhoods as you make much more sense and matter a lot more. So start getting those uh, relevant contextual links from similar sites in the same neighborhood. I think that's the start. I think the stop is just stop using AI generated content creation. Just stop. Come on. Let's be real here. Like the, the one, if you, if the one click push a button and generate a, you know, 5,000 word article, come on, just, just stop. <laughs> that, that's going to be my stop. And then um, continue is going to be, uh, you know, continue listening to sales calls and using alternate methods of information retrieval for informing your search strategy outside of just, you know, whatever Ahrefs or SEMrush, you know, spits out at you. That's, that's going to be my continue. Okay, perfect. So we've got... We've got start um, start your link building contextually and uh, and more advanced in the way that uh, it's moving. And we've got stop stop with the AI content. And, Just uh, yeah, and uh, continue uh, as always uh, listening and speaking to your customers and doing all the right research that you need. Yes. There. Wow, I love it. Uh, I can agree more with all of those. Um, well, thanks for coming on, uh, Gatano. It's a pleasure as always. And thanks for sharing your wisdom with, uh, with, uh, the audience. Um, it's been great. Yeah. And, uh, looking forward to continue working with you on the strategy and hopefully we'll be able to talk about it even more until everyone's completely sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pleasure. Thanks again for having me guys. And, uh, 
we'll keep this show rolling. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>